Welcome to the Down to Business Podcast with Alex Kirby, where entrepreneurs and small businesses cut the stretch themselves and grow their company. From interviews to in-depth discussions, you'll learn how to market effectively, increase profits, and become the leader your company needs you to be. Now, let's get down to business. Well, what's going on, everybody? Alex Kirby, host of the Down to Business podcast, where your business is our business. We take what you're doing in the business world, and we try to help you grow in the areas of finance, business marketing, and everything in between. I am, again, Alex Kirby from Columbia, South Carolina. Go Gamecocks. Spring game coming up Saturday. Um, and I hope you guys are doing great, and I hope our football team beats yours. And uh, today, I have a great guest. I'm super excited about having him on. We have been chatting via Instagram for, it feels like, two years, but I think it's been a year. And uh, just a really cool guy, guys. Uh, good guy, family man. Really got an interesting story in business, and we're actually going to use this episode. Uh, normally, as you guys or listeners know, we speak specifically on one subject, um, meaning whether it be about uh, we interview someone or have a discussion about finances or um, leadership or whatever. And this one, I thought this this guest would be perfect just for us to show a little bit of transparency about ourselves, our businesses, and talking about things that you guys are probably dealing with and you might not have a voice in your corner. And so hopefully we're going to be those voices that you can ping pong off your thoughts and hopefully we can help you a lot. Uh, today's guest is Dylan Stevenson from So Low Cuts Landscaping. Dylan, what's going on, brother? What is going on, my man? How you doing today? How am I doing today? I was telling you before this, I'm um, doing good. I'm going on a vacation tomorrow. Uh, my wife is turning 27. Um, okay. So we're going to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, Dollywood. You ever been there? Yeah. So my uh, in-laws actually have a vacation house um, outside of Dandridge. Mm-hmm. So it's outside Sevierville. So yeah. dude, we're only like 30, 40 minutes maybe from Pigeon Forge area. Wait, so you, it's right you, on live, Douglas Lake. you only live 40 minutes from there or the, um, no, the, the, their vacation yeah, house okay. is, well, do you, you yeah, need to come join yeah, us so next time. It's super convenient having, Gosh, you know, so, nice. so but yeah, yep. It's nice. Yeah. So we love it there. So we're going, we got yep. annual, we got some passes to go there and, uh, okay. my, my daughter's two, but she's really tall. So she's going to be tall enough to ride like the kid rides. And so, yeah, my wife's, uh, nine weeks away from having our second kid. So, She's she's just going to be chowing down on some cinnamon bread. But anyways, (laughs) so that's what's going on with me. I'm getting ready for this trip tomorrow. And uh, what's what's going on with you up uh, where you're at, brother? Uh, Right now, taking a snow day, actually. Um, How does that happen? We got a few inches. It has been beautiful weather. I mean, blooms, everything coming in. And um, we ended up getting some snow last night, about three inches. Didn't really stick to the, didn't stick to the roads to call any hazard or anything, but we're definitely not getting on um, any lawns or anything. So, so what, um, so what happens got, when you have snow? Sorry to interrupt you. What happens when yeah, you get fine. snow when you've been mowing like grass that's growing? Does it stunt it? Um, at, you may get a little bit of slowdown. Like here, this past week, it's been a little cooler, so I've noticed like the growth hasn't been fully there. Um, but it's going to be up in the forties. Then we're going to, our temperature is going to go right back up. So honestly, all it's doing is just watering everything. I mean, it's so, not, it's going to melt by probably this afternoon. It should be so gone. So. It's so bizarre. It's like 75 degrees here all the time and it's going to get yeah. super hot. But Hey, so Dylan, tell everybody kind of a little bit about yourself, where you're from and, uh, your, mm-hmm. you know, your journey to where you are today and then we'll take it from there. Yeah. Um, so my company is solo cuts landscaping. 
Uh, we're based here in Springfield, Ohio. A um, little background on where I was to where I am now. Um, I started this company uh, six years ago as I was working full-time at Gordon Food Service. Um, this wasn't really ever something I thought I'd get myself into. Um, honestly, I bought a mower for our first home. Um, it was like an entry-level commercial. I bought that because the hill we were living on, it was just so steep. It would like a residential mower could just not do it. Um, so I picked up a couple yards just to make the payment, which was my wife's uh, grandparents' insurance agency, their home, and their neighbors. Um, so then from there, it kind of just started posting pictures on Facebook, you know, and then I was like, oh, well, I'll get some t-shirts made and then just kind of fell into this deal to where it's grown into something we grew a passion for. So uh, um, it's just... I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know what caused it just other than, you know, really just growing a passion for it. So, um, two years ago, um, we made the decision that it was going to be my last year full time. Um, cause the schedule I was working was horrible. I was up between three 30 and four in the morning for Gordon foods yeah. off between 12 and two. And then after I get off work, I'd be basically working till dark four to five days a week, nine months of the year, just trying to get this thing going. Right. Um, so then last spring was our first year going full-time in the business. And, um, it's been, you crushed it, man. It, it was a good year. Um, I didn't expect us to have that year. I don't know if, um, if it was just the, the years of putting in the grind of kind of building a name for ourselves and, you know, we, being active on Facebook and social and, you know, kind of letting people in a little bit. Well, how many um, likes do you have? How many likes do you have on Facebook? Uh, I think we're around like the four to 500 or so, maybe nothing, nothing huge, but you know, um, but a lot of folks, let's chat about it. I mean, let's think about yeah. it. Let's, th let's, so our listeners can get some value here. Let's think about mm -hmm. why, cause you, I mean, you were full go full time. Did you have an, a helper? Did you have an employee? Uh, last year was our first year bringing someone on. Oh. Um, he came on, he's actually coming back this year, which I'm super excited for. He worked out great. So, um, he is going to school for ministry. Yeah. Um, sweet. so the guy he was coming, um, that he would used to work for, he was a hardscaper. He'd been in, the guy had been in business for like 20, 30 years or something. So he's transitioning on getting out. So like the, um, Jacob, he would work for him in the summer. Well, the, last year, uh, because he is transitioning kind of like slowing down a little bit, he didn't yeah. need him to come back basically. You right. know, he, was, he had three other guys with him, whatever. So, um, he was a family. So one of our family friends, um, it's his brother-in-law. He referred him to me and he worked out great. I mean, he, cause he understood, like, you know, he paid attention to detail because that's what they did. Um, you know, you could tell him something and he'd know it. Like he, I could trust him on a job site. If I had to leave to go get material, whatever, like he was awesome. So he's coming back this year. I'm looking to, and I've talked with him over the winter on just, um, I want him to sit in with me and another company that I've networked with here in town. They're a larger company. Um, they I think they're probably around the three and a half million or whatever. I went to school with the guy. Well, he graduated, he went to a different school, but I've known him since from when we were younger. So he's been a good mentor and just picked his brain. Um, I've done, he's set some work my way. I've done some winter work for them. Um, but I told Jacob, I was like, man, I want you to sit in with me and him and his like number two guy, basically one of his account managers and be like, 
just when you kind of see like this thing on like a bigger scale, you know what I mean? Yeah. Versus like me telling you like what I see this going, like, I want you to see firsthand, like what can really grow from this or like sure. what getting to that. The, can the real be. possibilities. Yeah. The real possibilities. Right. Cause thing Corey talked about is like, man, the best thing you can do, like when you're starting off, you know, like at our level, whatever is like, find like a solid number two guy. Yeah. Not one that's like, Oh yeah, they're putting money into it, whatever. But like a number two guy that you can kind of just like form and like start getting them out there. Like when you went, like when I do estimates, bring yeah. him out there with me so he can yeah. see that structure on how I do that. So that way I can start just shifting and, into that him yeah, into so, that role. I so guess Corey, Corey Ballard's division president or location president, I can't remember the term, but the guy who's in charge mm-hmm. of their entire organization in their uh, Des Moines, which is their main one, he was an yeah. irrigation tech when he started. He was digging yeah. holes and putting in sprinkler heads when he was like 22. And now he's in charge of the yeah. whole thing. It was I met with him and it was so nuts and he was like, man, Corey told yep. me when I he hired me when I was, you know, we were whatever, 10 employees that I could be X, whatever I wanted to be here. And anyways, that's crazy. But so, so what I was trying to get at is, okay, you said you grew more than you expected, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's not because of social, it's not because of Facebook, because statistically, until you get a thousand Facebook likes, you don't really get that much from Facebook. So it's probably not that. Um, okay. People yeah. on YouTube are not your real audience of customers. They're your audience of people who enjoy seeing what you do. So it's not that. And Instagram is not really a place where people go to look to do business. They look to be inspired. Mm-hmm. So what I would say, I bet you you're a killer salesman. If I had to guess, you're probably really good at sales. Am I wrong? I I don't think that's a wrong judgment. Um, so like when I was delivering at Gordon's, like we were essentially – because how technology's grown, like true sales reps for Gordon's, okay? Mm-hmm. Like it, it used to be back in the day where it's like every week, every month, whatever. These, because we would deliver to restaurants, um, like from mom and pops to five stars to hotels to hospitals to schools to nursing facilities, whatever. Well, these sales reps, though, when they would come in, they would, they'd be the face of the company. Like they'd come in, yeah. meet them, what, you know, what do you guys need and what's going on, whatever. Well, you know, as times have changed, just like everyone else, like things are getting more electronic. So like now it's like, hey, submit your order online type deal. Well, in Gordon, like in the position I was delivering, we're called sales uh, sales service. So like we're the face of the company. We're the ones that customers communicate to. If they have an issue, they are telling us about it. And then we're re- relaying that to the sales rep, whatever. So it's like working for Gordon's and what the role I had, I was like, my people skills were just on because yes, like yes. it didn't matter it it didn't matter if you was if you if you owned a corner of the street in the wrong part of town food restaurant just serving as basic of fried food as you can or you was running a Ruth Chris it didn't matter i was every spectrum of that i was communicating with so was, I just felt which, like my, which transfers so shaped, good. Yeah. I just feel like it shaped my people skills to where like, it don't yes. matter who you are, whatever I can communicate with you. And like, it's, it's not, I can go up to anyone and talk with them. I don't care who you are. And so I think that had a lot to do with um, like, you know, meeting these clients, like I can, I can just talk to them like, you know, and I can, 
I don't know if it's like, it's a comforting thing for them, it but you is. know, it's where they're like, wait a minute. Like this isn't like, a, I'm not like I'm in my head. I may be like, kind of like pitching my sale, but like to them, I'm maybe talking in a way. It's like, wait a minute, this guy isn't like just trying to pitch sales to me and trying to run it up. You know what I mean? I just do. how we were talking about the car dealer or yeah. where you're getting your brakes done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so we believe we think we found in any of our listeners here, you know, there's going to be, there's like two arguments with the landscaping community on this subject. They believe on, on two sides. Let me explain. Oh, word of mouth is the only way you should get business. Like I, I see these comments all the time. Like, Oh, I only want word of mouth customers. Cause that means I'm doing a good job from referrals. And then you see people like, no, you should market. You should have a trailer wrap. You should have uh, brochures, blah, blah, blah. And the other, you know, both camps kind of fight with each other. And they're like, no, you, you're wrong. I'd never spend a dollar on marketing. Um, I disagree with both of them. It should be in the middle. Okay. And so like, but with what you're saying, I, I ain't going to almost guarantee people choose your service, obviously, because you do a good job, but there's a lot of guys that do a good job. It's not like landscaping and maintenance is the hardest thing in the world to do. Like there's a, oh yeah, you know, but what it is hard to do, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. And I hope our listeners catch this. It's hard to have people skills, uh, communication skills, and follow-up skills. And so, I don't know about you, but like in our area, people, I think people choose us from not majority of the time, but a good bit of the time because we're like the cool company to use. So we had a guy, let me explain. We had a guy, a lady, a customer yesterday, our, our manager, Jay, he told me this today. He said, I walked up in my uniform, tucked in polo with khaki, my Carhartt khakis on and my hat. And she said... Oh, you look expensive. Before he even like talked to her about the pricing or anything. And so now what she was trying to say as he got into talking with her is, oh, you don't look like, you know, a rundown company and whatever. And so yeah. I bet you, Dylan, if you did some market, you know, maybe even some client uh follow-up, if you sent like a text or an email or something like, hey, we're we're doing some market research and trying to figure out what works for us can you let us know why you chose to do business with us? Um, yeah. People would probably say because they trusted you communication mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And like, I think a lot of listeners to this show, which is mostly tradesmen, uh, service industry people or at home business people, they need to remember that it's not always the service first. It's actually the skills of communication first, because I don't care how good you are at something like, uh, I just had a lot of work done at my property. I bought 10 acres and like developed it. If you can't explain to me what you're trying to do and I feel good about what you're saying you're going to do, I don't care how good the pictures are you show me of what you've done before. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, don't you feel the same way? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Cause you, cause I mean, you can show whatever in a picture, but like you said, it's about knowing what you're doing. And getting the customer at a comfort level. Yes. Yeah. You know, to where it's like, you know, if you go out there and say, you know, we're going to do something like you can tell them like, basically like the process at what you're going to do. So you can run them through the whole gamut of how every, the whole process is going to happen before their project even starts. So that yeah. way they're like, Oh, so they're not surprised when you show up and you have a track skid loader coming in, just going right down the side of their home. You, they should already know that's going to be happening. Sure. Like when we're doing, you know, if we're running heavy, whatever, it's like, they know like, Hey, we're going to be bringing heavy equipment. Just so you know, you know, it's probably going to look a little tore up there for a little bit, 
But, you know, the second half of it's going to be everything's going to start being put together, put right back together. So sure. you're not going to have to worry about it. So good. just getting them come and just relating to them. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to. I know we all want to be professional. You know, we want to hold ourselves to a high standard, but it's also like. Just be relatable. Yes. Just be personable. That's great. Personable. You know, yeah. and you wouldn't believe though how many folks I'm talking even just in the three weeks have said, I'm the first person to answer the phone or call them back, reply to an email, or even just show up for the estimate. Right. Yeah, we just did a thirty five hundred dollar job, bro, and the dude said we were the only one out of seven contractors he called. And I'm like, this is a big job. Like what in the world? You know, but yeah, I'm not surprised. Yep. I mean, we, I've done this, this is my fifth year now. And, uh, I'm not mm-hmm. surprised at all. You hear the same things, but you know, again, for our listeners who are listening, make sure that I know a lot of, a lot of you guys listening are, are doing both hats. You're the admin person and you're the person doing the work. You've got to have some type of software system or cell phone where you can follow up with people at the end of the day. Um, if you couldn't answer your phone all day, you have a voicemail that that tells you, and you've got something that you know they can uh, follow up with after. Hey guys, we want to thank Jobber for powering this episode and sponsoring the Down to Business podcast. If you want to go look in the show notes, you can get twenty percent off your first six months and a two week free trial to try out Jobber, the place that we go for CRM software. That's invoicing customer relations, quotes, you name it. Jobber is the place to run your business on a day-to-day basis and make more money. I want to thank Jobber again for being a great sponsor of the Down to Business podcast. So Dylan, tell me about this. Let's, let's talk about this real fast. So, I mean, how much are you working? Like, so when I was doing my first two years, I was in the field and doing the admin. And man, when you get over that like $75,000 income number it is so mm. hard to do both mm-hmm. um you know f- somewhere over like six grand a month five six grand a month it, it felt like for us um how are you balancing that are you working too much right now are you working more than you wish you were um do you have your mm. wife helping you like just talk talk about that yeah so um just in lawn maintenance well this year we should hold around that eight to ten grand a month um, for regular lawn maintenance, plus our landscapes, um, and lands last year, landscapes was, um, I'd say probably 60 plus percent of our revenue that we did, you know? So we sh- hopefully yeah, are sitting at a pretty good, pretty, yeah, 15, I think this year's 15, gonna be pretty, grand, yeah, 15, 15, 16 grand a month. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, you know, there's months last year to where, you know, we hit over 20 K a month. Um, I'd say we were typically between that 15 and 20 K. Mm-hmm. It was a little slow starting off, but then we started really building it up. Um, cause like COVID that was a weird time, whatever. Weird, weird was, time. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so right now I, I, I feel like I'm just running around like crazy. Um, because I'm waiting on Jacob to get back in, uh, mid May he's starting back up once he's finished up with his stuff at school. Um, so right now I'm mowing four days a week and landscaping Fridays. Um, and I actually, I had to tell folks that I'm to the point now to where, because we're about eight weeks, eight to 10 weeks booked on landscape work. So if I can, every Saturday 
usually Saturdays are my days for estimates. Like last year, basically from beginning of spring up until early fall-ish time, um, every Saturday from about eight to 12, eight to two, I was doing estimates, you know, whether it was mm-hmm. just meeting with folks, whatever. So now we did four, we've done four weeks of estimates. We built up to where we're about eight to 10 weeks good on landscape. Cause we have some good projects that are going to be two to three day projects. Um, Is there any, what's the reason why you haven't hired like a 12 month full-time employee, not seasonal, like you're hiring Jacob as seasonal, but. I'm just curious. Um, so when I was working full time, my schedule in, in the business, my schedule was just like one day I may get off at 12, one day I may get off at three. So it's hard to keep anyone even like even like a part time person kind of on board. So I'm like, I don't really have a consistent schedule. You know what I mean? So then last year, um, I didn't know what this season was going to entail. So to be OK, to be transparent, the most I ever did in our business um, when I was working full time and running the business was 26,000. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Top one. Last year we did just, just shy of 90, just shy of 90 last year. Mm-hmm. And that was from April till, you know, end of December. Um, so, but I didn't know what the year was going to, I didn't know what was going to come. I didn't know. I had no idea how much growth we would have. Um, with COVID and everything going on, I didn't know what was going to be going on. I just knew I was quitting and I was going to basically run it as long as I could until I had to bring on some help. Well, then basically at the time of trying to find some help, Jacob came along and it worked out great. So like now I'm hoping now that he's going to be done with school, I can bring him on like full time. Oh, okay. Full time. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Not seasonal, like full time. I like, I want him to be like running a truck. Yeah. Like I want him, you know, so, um, but he, there's, uh, like I said, he was wanting to do, uh, missions. So that's something I want to talk with him. Like, Hey man, like you can still do that. Like, yeah, support you, know, you can him. still do yeah. both. You know what I mean? Like, cause I, I, <laughs> I was joking with him. I was like, man, if you want to still do the ministry thing, like we can do like ministry on a mower, you know what I mean? Like we can, I love that. we can keep your thing going, but, uh, but no, so, I do plan on bringing him on full time and um, hopefully this year we can get him to where I'd like to get it to where he's honestly, if I can get him and then like another guy, I would like for them to do all the mowing maintenance. Cause I want to get off yeah. to doing estimates every Saturday. Um, yeah. You know, I have a family, so I'd like to be home on Saturday. So I'd like to be able to get them to where they're doing all the mowing maintenance to where Say on Monday, like Monday or Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, whatever. That's my days um, to meet with folks or go do estimates, whatever. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it'd be landscapes. So that way, if either I'm getting jobs started, getting rocking and rolling on those, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, as they're buttoning up the mowing week, whatever, however it lines up. Um, But we definitely need to be getting another truck on the road just because, like I said, landscapes is where I want to be at. That's the ultimate goal. Um, and so just kind of stair-stepping into that. Yeah. So one of the things that I always say is like once you're booked out a month on any type of thing, that means you're ready to start another crew. So that you're eight to ten weeks, I mean, dude, that means you're way ahead. So yeah, <laughs> that's a good, that's a good problem to have. I mean, it's a great problem to have. Yeah. And what I was going to – talk about earlier 
um, I kind of went on a little bit a different way, but like, so because I'm so far booked right now, like I'm telling folks like, Hey, it's going to be three weeks till I can even meet with you. Cause like, I have to get some of this landscape work done. Like I have to get some book, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I have to get some jobs knocked off the list. So that way we can just kind of eat through it. So like, that's why I really want to get, um, someone in. <laughs> I'm so ready for Jacob. It's like, I told Jordan, my wife, I was like, it's going to be a month of kind of running around like crazy, but it's kind of like I'm taking it as like that part of the year. And once Jacob gets here, it'll be a lot more smooth because, you know, I'm mowing, I'm mowing 40 accounts between our residential and commercial. So Monday is all my commercial stuff. So it's some apartment complexes, uh, a commercial facility and three like smaller businesses. So Monday is all commercial day. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is all our residentials. Mm -hmm. So I'm hitting roughly 40 ish accounts a week, Monday through Thursday. So if I can just bring in Jacob on, I mean, having that extra guy on the trimmer and blur or whatever, um, I mean, it just speeds you up so much. So much. I mean, so much. And I noticed it last year. I was like, holy crap. So that's why I'm, once we get him on, then we kind of see like, cause last year we was at a two and a half day mowing two and a half. And so I would spend that half of that third day or whatever Estimates as getting stuff. ready for landscapes Yeah, for Thursday, Friday, you know, whether it's material I'd get, whatever. Um, that's what we would do. Cool. So I'm anxious to see what our schedule line up with, um, so, when he gets back in. So tell me like, what's some of the, uh, let's just chat maybe we can just bounce back and forth. I mean, What's some of yeah. the, what's been the most difficult thing for you in the last, I don't know, last year of being full time in this, what are you struggling with? Or what are you like having a hard time conceptualizing? Like, man, I, I, I want to do this, but I can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I say the hardest thing of last year was just that we didn't know what was going to be happening. So yeah, it's hard, the biggest, hard, hard to plan. Think, yeah. yeah, and you know, because we didn't we didn't have a baseline to run off of, you know. So, but what we were late to the game on was getting into like that, like those contracts for snow. But that's because I also didn't know what direction I was going to be going with snow. If I was going to be putting a plow on the truck, if I was just going to be doing salting, whatever. So, um, and then getting our salter or or um excuse me or dump insert that took three months two months longer than what it was supposed to to get in um so just things just didn't stack up right for us to have like a bomb um like to be able to really score in those commercial accounts um but luckily you know, we were able to still do commercial salting um yeah and get some money we don't got no snow bro yeah it's we ended up there for a while, you know, it was good because I was just like, man, I don't miss not because we didn't end up not putting a plow on the track. Just doing all bulk salt. Um, and for like, we had 10 events to where we didn't hit a trigger depth. I just subbed that the snow pushing out for the accounts I had. Uh, we didn't hit a trigger depth. So icy slick conditions are present. So then it's getting salted. So I was like, yeah, man, I'm, actually made the right choice you know what i mean right then like our last three weeks of snow of winter we really got dumped with snow but i mean i was i was still running i mean i think we ended up running like 20 ton of salt last year so 
Um, I wouldn't know anything about that. We have had, dang, I was 20 years old the last time we had three inches of snow, and I'm 28, so yeah. eight, eight years ago. But snow, yeah. snow, I don't understand it at all. Yeah. We don't get it. We don't get anything. But yep. it's but a weird, big it's a weird we deal. Got ever, right. So, like, a big thing we got over there last year was they ended up handing off the books to our accountant, our CPA. Um, we did, we started, we did that. I think we've fully made the transition there towards the end of summer. So like going into fall and really it was just because I was, like I said, I was wearing every hat, right. You know, it's like balancing out QuickBooks and just staying on top of that and just making sure everything is in the right category. Cause dude, I didn't go to, I wasn't raised in an entrepreneurial family. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I want to, I want to, I want to talk about this. Keep going. This is so good. So like the challenges of not knowing what you don't blade. know. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, just me, even when I told like my family and everyone, like I was going to be quitting Gordon's, they were like, wait, why would you do that? Like you haven't made, like I was making 80 grand a year at Gordon's like right. full benefits, everything. And so, but I didn't come from a background of business to where like, I'm trying to figure all of this out on my end from a CRM on how to, you know, communicate with the customers that way, how to get things lined up. Like do we, at first we're taking any sort of payment check cash under the mat, checking in the grill. Then <laughs> everything started getting more electronic. So we switched everyone where they're paying online and then now we're to the point where all of our regular maintenance is charge card on file. Check it at the end of the month. They're done. But then now after talking to some more folks in the, um, like in my area, there's a couple guys I network with, like they literally send an invoice every week that every time they cut boom and invoices. Cause there's like, when you get to a point, like it's yeah, maybe nice in a sense of like you have, you know, you're getting everyone, you have everyone's charge card on file, which he said, which is good. And that, you know, at the end of the month, you're getting your paid base said, but when, once you start getting to a size, like you need that revenue every single week, like yeah. you can't sit on X amount of dollars and forking out all this money to then wait a month and then get your pay. Yeah. Cause like, so every, every time they mow and an invoice is getting directly sent to them. What's, you know, the, so, uh, what's the rate at yard books? What are they charging you for a credit card fee? Man, I think so. It goes through Stripe. I want to say it's around the 3% range. Goodness, it makes me want to throw so. it. Yeah, I know. The credit card thing, we're in the same boat, man. We, um, we use Jobber, and so Jobber's phenomenal, mm -hmm. but their fee is okay. But I just don't, you know, the problem with credit card fees is it comes right out of your profit margin. And so a lot of people say, well, just raise your rates. Well, in the in the industry we're in, rates are so competitive. If you're charging 2% more than even – I mean, we're already considered – I wouldn't say we're like the highest, most expensive, but we're, we're yeah. pretty close. And, yeah. and it's like, man, I can't justify charging two more percent on top of – I don't know if their bills, let's say, 120 bucks a month. You're talking about five more bucks, six more bucks. And they could, well, because then my customers might, well, I'll just mail a check. Well, then you're waiting for the check, you know? And like yep. you're saying, we're at the size now. We're like, we need that revenue. We actually charge the first of the month, by the way, Dylan. We actually, um, we invoice the first day of the month. You have to pay for that month in advance, pretty much. 
So I dev went into that with a, just a few customers one year. And what I ran into was, so like we had hit a, say our dry, a dry month, whatever. So our cool season grass is like, man, July, August, like there, there may be times where you're cutting like, the, I mean, last year there's a few times where like we cut like once in three weeks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause not a, people don't irrigate around here. You know, we have nice neighborhoods, but even like our nice neighborhoods, people aren't irrigating. You know what I mean? Um, so see, every, everybody that. does I, here. See, and so I tried that beginning of every month. And next thing that I ran into, I was having to keep track of like, well, we charge it for four cuts in July. We only use two. Mm-hmm. So now I gotta figure out like, okay, how's that gonna work for August? And then August, we're having to it just it just got really tough to I balance it out. So it's just easier for me to just do at the end of each month for the services provided. Um, and that yeah. seems to have been working we, pretty good. We're trying, we tried to move, we're we, moving cart on file is crucial. And if anybody's listening, uh, for all of all those listening, if you have the ability to move to cart on file and the fee is not astronomical, you should do it ASAP because you're guaranteeing your cash flow is basically what you're doing. You're guaranteeing your cash flow. But the problem is these credit card companies, mm-hmm. man, like, um, their chart, them and, you know, not this is no hate on jobber but they got to make money too so they're putting money on top of the credit card fee and then it's you know it's just getting out of control gotcha. it's just it's just out of control so we're yeah. trying to we're trying to figure out a solution our credit card fee right now is good but it is not card on file because jobber will allow a third party um to do so because they want you to do it with them which makes total sense so we're I'm actually meeting with yeah. a guy today about that so very frustrating. Uh, there's no question about that. But um, when it comes, yeah. or so like for the charge card on file, something I've done is like when it comes to so our regular maintenance is charge card on file. But man, if we're doing like we did a few eight thousand dollar landscape jobs, you know, like right now we have two of them for the next like three weeks. One's a, just over five. One's just under five. And like. I'll have them write a check. Yeah. Like, I don't want to pay that. I'm not going to pay. pay. Yeah. I'm like, don't worry about paying online. Like just, just cut me a check. Like I'm not worried about, I'm not paying that percentage off of that much of a check. You know but, what I mean? Yeah. But guess what? Like half my customers don't even have checkbooks now. Cause it's so crazy. Like, it's so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the only person. Yeah. No, it's, I, Chris, 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 our producer. Do you have a checkbook? Producer Chris, do you have a checkbook? Like I was like, somebody told me a statistic the other day that like almost no millennials have checkbooks like I do. But anyways, it's, it's bizarre for sure. Hey guys, don't fast forward this. This is a huge opportunity I want to tell you guys about with Jobber, our show sponsor for today. I'm excited to share Boost by Jobber, Jobber's new $100,000, yes, hundred grand grant program, which is built to help launch, grow, and strengthen small home service businesses. Almost entrepreneurs, new business owners, and experienced business owners are all invited to apply for grants ranging from $1,000 to twenty dollars In August 2021, Jobber will be announcing 20 recipients and will be following along with the winner's story, seeing how the funding impacts their business, whether you're seeking new equipment, marketing dollars, launching a new service team, or financial relief. You can go to boostbyjobber.com and it takes only five minutes to fill out an application. Make sure you guys go look in our show notes, get the link, and take advantage of this sweet free money opportunity from Jobber. Let's let's move and dive into uh, the last thing I want to talk about is you, you had a 
you had an interesting start on social media and, and you, um, I'll let you talk about your journey with social media and just kind of where you were, where you went to and now where you've come out of. But I want to talk about this some because, you know, we have 16,000 followers on, so on Instagram. We have, uh, we've never really made a run at YouTube, but we're close to a thousand and, uh, Facebook, we have 4,000 and, uh, but Instagram, we have a lot of a lot of people reach out to us on our landscaping page, and, and they're like, how do I grow my following? How do I do this? How do I do that? And I think they're asking the wrong question, but I'll, I'll, I want you to kind of talk about like just, yeah, just your journey with social media and like the unhealthy place you got. And hopefully, mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of listeners who yeah. are, I'm, I mean, I, I know I've been there. I know a lot of our listeners have probably been there. So uh, just kind of share that. Yeah, so... Um, when I first got started on social, I don't even know what really got me on Instagram. I think it was just effective. Like I saw, Oh, you can have a business account, you know, business page on Instagram. So I started posting some pictures. Um, but then, and I started watching YouTube. So you, you kind of start seeing like, Oh, there is like this, you know, what we call now community, um, of folks on YouTube and Instagram. I was like, well, I could get into doing that, you know, let's just see what comes of it. Um, so the first year I didn't really do hit it, hit like YouTube very hard. It was just kind of like, whatever I tried to do it. Didn't really get comfortable with it. But then the more I started getting comfortable with it, the more I like really started to enjoy it. And, you know, I've learned a lot from social. I've learned a lot from Instagram, a lot of, from YouTube, the community. Um, there's a lot of great that can come from social media in the lawn care landscaping industry. There's a lot of folks out there that have, you know, great information. There's also a lot of folks though that don't have such great information. So you kind of got to just be careful on what you consume. But I think a lot of everyone though, everyone has like good intentions, I feel like, or at least I hope so. Um, But yeah, (laughs) that's what I said, but I hope, I hope they do, but they, um, so what I ran into the last year, um, I got wrapped. I really got consumed with social, like the, the, the grind of it, the hustle of it, what it took. Um, I was, so like my goal last year was like, I want to get like three videos, like basically like every three days, I want a video posted on YouTube. I want to put content out there, you know, and I wouldn't just pop And My thing was like, I enjoy it. was a good creative out. I will say that it was a good thing to like keep that creativity going. Cause it wasn't just my videos. I bet 10% of my videos are of me really just putting like a camera up and just mowing a lawn. Yeah. And then that's it. Like I get into like using a camera and getting some different like views and like different, like really getting into like this cinematic part of, you know, putting together a video a lot of people don't. Um, and it's, I think it's funny how like I've seen folks what, now that they've gotten to a level, then they really start like kind of like trying to do good. You know what I mean? Like really put some thought into their like video, like how it is presented versus just popping a camera up. Yeah. But so anyway, so I just got caught in the grind last year and you know, like we don't make a bunch of money on YouTube. I don't, it's not, I don't make enough money to even probably justify the time. Um, but there is some monetary gain on, on YouTube. And, um, what I caught myself doing was I would, 
like we had talked beforehand was yeah. I'd, I'd post a video a couple hours later. I'm talking, heck, it could be 30 minutes after yeah. that posted that yeah. video. And you're looking to see how many views you got. How many likes did I got? How many comments am I getting? Eight hours later, what am I sitting at? The next day, what am I sitting at? And I just got so caught up in, in just because you're essentially like your 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 revenue part is ran off of like how many views and how many clicks you're getting and all this. And it's like, so you get in that gamut of like, okay, do I post content? Because that's do I post something that I'm passionate like I ultimately my heart and passion is for that? Or I post in this video because I know it's going to get X view. Like I know like either short-term or long-term, it's going to get killer views, which is going to jack up, you know, any type of rev, whatever. And I, I always try to still, like, even if it was something I was like, man, I feel like this could, you know, get some good traction. I still try to do it though with like a good heart, like not just doing it because of that, but just, still trying to give like my perspective on something and like how I am feeling about something. So that's one thing I try to always be on my YouTube channel from start to finish. You can like from, you'll see literally where I am as basic. Like you could, I was, I was always open about being part-time and running it on the side and just whatever. And I showed that transition. Like you can watch that whole transition where I started that to then when we're getting close to being full-time and then when I made, I'm committed to being full-time, like you can see a whole gamut of the four years, whatever. And I don't know. So last winter, um, I just, I just needed to take a break. My wife noticed I was getting just consumed, this yeah, just consumed with it. Yeah. Con- consumed. And, you know, like, and you know, I would watch other guys on YouTube, but like you would, because you're in the race, it's almost just like you were just watching content, but you weren't processing content. So yeah. you're watching it, but it, it would go out in this year, out the other. And then like, if you watch another one, it's same thing. You know what I mean? So you're watching it, but you weren't processing anything. So I stepped away from social and probably around in December, I wasn't in a good headspace. Like it's like kind of just to tell you about where I really got down was for longest time, you know, for years, it was working two jobs, essentially from night, from morning to night. So I was, my schedule was, there's no downtime. It was just go, 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 go. Then, so like in wintertime, when I was running both, my, all I would have is Gordon's. Well, I would like, I'd just be in a weird state of mind. So I was like, okay, I get off work and I have nothing to do. Like I have all this time on my hands, too much time on my hands. I'm used to going, going, going. So then when I went to the business, you know, from April till December, more or less, it was a like, let's go, 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 go. Cause this is our first year in business. I didn't know what was going to expect. All I know is, and this was going to be our first winner. So I was like, all I know is I need to, this cannot fail. So I need to make as much money as possible, get as much work in before winter time comes because our winners, they can either suck horribly or they can be great. It's there's really not a fine line where it's like, oh yeah, it was a pretty good winner. It's either we get nothing or we get a lot. Right. So then it went to winter time. And now the only thing I had to do is if we the only work I have is if we get snow. So I have all this time on my hands. And I'm telling you right now, I was 
like winter blues. I've never really dealt with that. Like mentally, like a mental, like struggle. Mm. It was not a good time for me. Like I was, I had no motivation. I had, I was just dragging. I would get up, get my kids to, you know, daycare. We call it school, but I'd get them onto their thing. I come home and next thing you know, I'd get caught in a zone of like either just swiping, watching, scrolling. Next thing you know, I'm, it's like two o'clock and I'm like, where's the day? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But what also it, so then, but what it also got me to do though, was as I was watching some social, I kind of processed the more of it. I really got to like, cause I took a step back cause I was, I wouldn't post it on Instagram. I wouldn't post it on YouTube. Yeah. Nothing. You did some analysis. But, yes. And I started just watching and I started seeing some things. I was like, man, I don't know if there's just some, whether it was like a personality deal or just how that person presented themselves or like what one, per, what they were saying versus what they're doing just some things just didn't line up. And I was like, I didn't really care for it. I, I, I just, I, it was just something I, I just didn't agree with. I don't know if it's just because it was just against how I felt or like what my motive is on like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know no, what I, to, no, it's health. It's I'm a trying healthy, to talk through this. I know what you're saying. I mean, and so as I took that step back and watched from afar, um, I started realizing some things. And when I've networked with folks in my area, you know, folks that are like, they don't have social media for nothing. Like they may have an Instagram just because at one time they thought it'd be cool to have an ins- nice to have an Instagram. Right. So then they made one, but they, they don't have it as in like gaining a big following. You know what I mean? It's just d- two different worlds but they're, they're so humble. They're they're They don't like their willingness to like really be helpful. And like yeah. the, the info they're giving me is like, there's, but they're so humble. But my thing was, was like, I was seeing on these socials across the board. It seemed like because they had a huge following or because they have a, whatever, because they have a following this ego gets brought into yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and I was like, why, why is it that a, a, a social platform just would do that? Like gives these people this, whether, you know, they're killing in their business or not, or, you know, and that is success is on a different, anyone, everyone's level of success is completely different, how they view it, whatever. But it was just mind blowing though. Of these people I've networked with in my town that are running, you know, seven figures and up, and you would think like, oh, someone running a multi million dollar company would have like this in a sense, like a big ego. But they don't, man. They're super freaking humble. But then someone that's doing a quarter of that, or whatever, but has X followers on social media platform is like. Think yeah. they're King Tut they're the, yes, place. Yes. <clears throat> I, and I, uh, I just, yeah, that's so good. Yeah. And I just didn't, I, and it was just something I, I just did not agree with that. And 
I, that was my thing. It's like, I just didn't understand why, like this, where that comes from. And now it could be because I don't have a huge following No, that no, I haven't, no. I haven't yeah. reached a, a point, but I just, I well, just, I just didn't sounds, agree with it. Let me, let me decipher and, this Dylan. I mean, it sounds to me mm-hmm. like, it sounds like the, the Lord was gracious to you to get you to, see the truth before you got so deep that it was going to be not impossible. Nothing's impossible, Mm -hmm. but to climb out of the hole would be a huge task because like, you know, social media is a weird world. I actually tell, I tell people all the time, like if I didn't have to have social media for work, I probably wouldn't have it. Like, I don't, I don't really like it. I don't really, um, I Mm -hmm. like Instagram a little bit because if my friends from college post pictures of their families, it's like, Oh cool. I can, that's good to keep up with them. But Facebook is stupid now. Almost Facebook is, I mean, they if have, it wasn't for my Facebook business page, that's what I'm I wouldn't saying. have a Facebook. Me, me either. I've always said that. Yeah. Yep. Facebook, Facebook has gotten weird. Uh, the algorithm yep. and what they let you see and stuff is so stupid, but going back to what you're talking about, for our listeners, there's a lot of landscapers who are listening and there's a lot of other people who are watching the world when it comes to TikTok or whatever. I think that social media is not a bad thing. It is it is a thing. It is not a bad thing. It is what we do. It's just like the gun, the, the gun argument. And I don't mean to bring this up, but right, like to me, guns guns are not bad. People with guns who shouldn't have guns are bad. Yeah. Um, and so social media, especially our landscaping people listening, please don't compare yourself to other people on social media because you can easily, um, I, I, let's use that guy. Uh, what's his name? Is it Cody? You remember last year, man, there was a beautiful, uh, what's his name? He's in Tennessee. His social media was blowing up. Um, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he, I, I don't consume a crap ton of, okay. So, so, so lawn care, landscape, so, so YouTube. I just want to, I'll <laughs> use his story yeah. because he's, he shared okay. his test. He shared his testimony about it. So it's out in the open. He, he okay. was like the fastest growing YouTube lawn care guy for like last year. And okay. he literally like lost it. Like he went into the woods for three days. People didn't know where he was. He left his phone in his truck. He didn't tell his wife where he was at. He, the pressure of social media almost killed him. He, I don't know if he, I don't know if he got to that suicidal point place, but he was on the way there. And he had this, he has this amazing YouTube video with his wife where he shares like how God transformed him and saved him from this. But what I'm saying is, and I think what you're saying, I'm echoing what you're saying is, is, is I have to battle the same thing. Like for us, I tried, now I tried to make our social media about our company and not about myself. And I think that's the number one problem with social media with, uh, is we try to make it about us as a personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we're this celebrity, uh, just like celebrity pastors. It's not about the church anymore. It's about the pastor, right? we start thinking people are soaking our content in because of us. And so then the ego, like you said, ego is the perfect word. Your ego gets so big. It cannot be contained. It's, it can't be bottled in anymore. And it's Mm -hmm. bubbling over the cup. 
And so for anybody listening who thinks they want to grow a social media uh, following or has one, just please, first off, ask if how much time you're spending on it. I have to, I have to check myself too on this. I'm talking to myself right here. Uh, number two, ask why you're making the content. Is it, you know, is it because you're trying to help other people? Um, because like, for example, this podcast, I mean, people probably don't know how many listeners we have. We range in between, you know, 250 to 400 per episode, which is not earth shattering listening right now. We haven't put any money into it. We plan on doing that in the next couple months. Um, but it's very consistent. The same people listen and we've gotten 20 messages from people who say this has changed my business and my life, you know? And so that's all I care about. I mean, this doesn't make me any money, nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we have episodes that obviously do better, but we average somewhere in between that. But again, like Dylan, what you're saying is so good because we need to use social media to better our life and not our life be consumed by social media and it's so easy dude it's like a tornado right it's like you get sucked in and you just spiral out of control and you can't get out of it you feel like um Mm -hmm. and uh anyways i I really appreciate that transparency on that so i don't know uh, last thing i'll say on this and then we'll kind of wrap up is your video dylan for those of our listeners who don't know and they need to go check it out dylan made a really good video kind of talking about how do I word this correctly, Dylan? And you kind of tell me if I'm right. You spoke about how sort of the motives side of social media with landscapers, right? And I think for any landscaper listening or for any person, but landscapers specifically, I thought it was brilliant because we have a lot of guys who are finally starting to like make a little money in this social media landscaping game and getting free stuff. But like, but they're abandoning what got them there, you know? Like, I, I feel like they're abandoning what they got, what got them there and just don't do that. You know, like <clears throat> it's just not a good place to be. Yeah. And so, and trust me, I am not hating on anyone for reaping the benefits of the work they put in, like say for like social, like, Hey man, like, I, I, I do not like whether it's monetary, whether it's equipment, like there's nothing wrong. I don't find anything wrong with that. Like, especially like, you know, say on the money end where it's like multiple streams of income, like right. there's nothing wrong with that at all. Like I said, my whole deep, my whole thing I, that I saw was just, I guess, cause like, okay. The video he's referencing to, as you heard it kind of a little bit there, I was trying to like pick, pick words or like figure out how to go about saying this. I had no idea how, like, I didn't know what, how to say what I wanted to say. So I go, I just, just talk. I a hundred percent and just talking, just trying to get whatever is in my head. I'm trying to get it out because if, because I had so many people. Yeah. What was the um, reception? What was the reception like? Yeah. So I had so many, you know, I had some folks that messaged me and said, Hey man, like, I agree with you hundred percent. I see where, you know, where you're coming from. I've that's things I've noticed over the past, you know, 12, 18 months, whatever, um, that I was the first person to like, kind of like be yeah. out and blunt about yeah. it. I had folks tell me like, Hey man, you should probably take that video down. That's not showing your good side. That's not what I don't think that's what you should be, you know, 
basically, yeah. Portraying. Tell me to take yeah. it down because, yeah. Now, now, like, now, okay, Dylan, so- now that's what's interesting. Were any of the people who you would, not that you like, were any of the people who could be somewhat put in that category of on a weird path? I bet you a few of them were the ones that commented that. I almost bet you. Reached out. Yeah, I knew it. Didn't comment. Yeah. So reached out. Um, so, and my response to them was, you know, for one, if you, because there's a couple points I want to hit on that video. Yeah. Um, but like, I was like, okay, if you've been following me along for any amount of time, you know that that video was not like how I am. Ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, okay. I I am upbeat. I'm a positive. I that's it's not just for the camera. Like you can ask my wife. She's like Dylan. You just never get mad. Or like like our kids are going crazy. She's like, how does this not bother you? I just I just I just not yeah. that way. I'm just not that way. So it's like okay. So for you to say, oh, this isn't your best side. Yeah, it wasn't my best side. But guess what? This is my YouTube channel, and that was me being me. That was me expressing my feelings, whether I got a hundred thumbs down or a hundred thumbs up. Right. I didn't care because I, if I would not have made that video and just got it out and just talked about whatever was on my mind to this day, I would still be, it would still be eating me on the inside about, I couldn't imagine like, it would it would just build build up and build up and build up to whatever because I was not in a good head spot. I'm not. I wasn't. I was in dealing with you know like the whole like slow down the season whatever. But that wasn't because that's not why I made the video though. Because I was like, oh, Dylan, you just weren't in your right mind. No, I just knew if I did not, I would. If I did not say something, I would not be in a good spot. Right. And so everyone was saying you should take it down, and I told him I said, you know. You don't have to like the video. You don't, you don't, you can disagree that like everyone has their own perspective, but I just wanted to make something of what I saw and, and what I, how I felt. And that was just me being me. And that I feel like that was, you know, the fact that I was getting told like, man, I was feeling the same way, like, or like have been feeling this for so long. Okay. Well, if, if, if a, a good amount of the community is feeling that way, for one, there there must be something going on. Hundred percent. There must be some. Hundred percent. There must be something that people are seeing. Like, if, if it's if a lot of folks are seeing it and feeling that way, then there's an then that that could be an issue. You know what I mean? Then it's like, okay, if a lot of folks are seeing this, why is no one else saying anything? Like, not coming off as like a, you know, being a pain in, or a I don't want to say dick about it, but no, being yeah. a dick about it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. No, I mean, so it's but, like, it's, know, a, it's not coming off. It's the ultimate case where the pay, pe- but like, yeah. you can just, you can just, if, why can't <laughs> people say that without being Be- because labeled as you're wrong? Like, well, yeah. it's go because, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. It's, well, it's because the peasants don't feel like they can talk to the king, right? And so there's, the stigma that comes with, and this is kind of where I'm gonna wrap up today is what you're saying is key. Mm-hmm. And there's two things to learn from this one with social media and then one with just applying it to your business. The first one being with social media, I think be authentic, be real, be transparent. And if you do 
those things and you do and you produce it with the expertise. Like that's what we tried to do, right? Like I hired Chris a year ago. It was like, yeah. hey, I'm probably not going to make money on you. I'm probably going to break even at best. But I think it's an investment we need to make to make our content as good as it can be. And mm-hmm. so, and he's, Chris has done a phenomenal job. I mean, I'm not just sitting here saying that he's done a great job and we've gotten a couple brand partnerships. I'm not going to say we haven't, but I think the key yep. to brand, brand partnerships is that you actually want to partner with them and not just because they're paying you or giving you something like we have a couple partnerships with a couple companies and it's because we wanted to do it. Does that make sense? Like one of our brand partnerships, I don't, I don't necessarily want to say it out loud. It's pretty obvious if you go and look at the new thing we posted about it. But like we started this division, we wanted this company is, we've seen three other guys in our area using it. And we were like, we have to get one of those. They are awesome. So does that make sense? What I'm trying to say is it, instead of it being like, man, I really need a brand partnership so I can make this money and make videos about it. No, it's, does this make sense for me, my business? And would this help? you know, us grow our business. Mm-hmm. Like it's a both and. Yep. and, and I think on YouTube and social media, the problem is, is like usually one sided, like, Oh, whatever brand partner, as long as they pay me X amount of dollars per video. And like, that's stupid because then you're sacrificing authenticity with your audience. You're sacrificing just trust, you know, and, and, uh, you know, it's, is it better to make a dollar today or excuse me, is it better to take the hundred dollar bill today or a dollar every day for the lifetime? It's like the same conversation. So mm-hmm. anyways, and then the second one is Dylan, what you're saying is like, how can you apply this stuff to your business today? Like analyzing and making sure your business is in a healthy place, making sure that just like social media, you're checking yourself. Are you checking your business? Are you serving people with the right, uh, mindset? Are you, you know, hopefully all our listeners are kind of thinking through this stuff right now as I'm talking about it, but Mm -hmm. are you charging fairly? Not just because you can, are you charging not too little because you're nervous? Are you trusting the process? Are you trusting that God, you know, we're both Christian guys and we talk about God a lot on this, this show. Are you trusting that God's going to send you business? Like, like last year, Mm -hmm. like we have to wrap the episode up, but last year you trusted God a lot. You quit a high paying (laughs) job, in COVID during a pandemic and, and didn't know what was going to happen. And look what, look what the Lord did because you felt like, um, you know, he told you to do it and he did. And he's always, you know, the Lord is faithful and just to, to always carry on and, and carry out all things mm-hmm. that according to his will and purpose. But anyways, this chat is, man, this little coffee, I, I'm going to have to do this once a month with somebody. Dude. I like this little, little coffee shop, little talking, just yeah. talking business. Yeah. Stuff. It was fun. So you have the honor of being the first yeah. one, but Again, hey, Dylan, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, Dylan, again, man, uh, tell, uh, just give a quick shout out where people can find you on social media, man. And, uh, yeah. Um, biggest ones, main two would be, uh, Instagram and YouTube, both at Solo Cuts Landscaping. Um, I try to post when I can, when I can. Um, your Instagram is going to be more like real time, like if I'm out and about, yeah. whatever. I may post some stories, whatever. But, um, but yeah, try to stay, uh, post when I can, um, may not be every day, whatever, but, but, uh, but that's where you can find me. You can reach out. That's the best way to do it. Well, again, guys, this is Alex Kirby, host of the Down to Business Podcast, where your business is our business. We appreciate you guys being a listener. And we are asking, we always say this at the end, please go leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we need a few more to get to a place we want to be at, and we appreciate all your feedback. Again, Dylan Stevenson, Solo Cuts Landscaping. 
appreciate you, Dylan, for being on the show today. And everybody have a great rest of your week.